Hello, everybody. My name is Chris Sims. And my name is Jordan D. White. And this and is this Chibi is business. Sailor Chibi Business. Oh no, that's, that was weird. Did, did you not like? Did you not like me remembering to say my name? I'm it, so was it weird because I remembered to do that. I didn't know it was coming. Oh my goodness. I guess we probably should have discussed this <laughs> at all, which well, we did is... not do. <laughs> it's good. Welcome to Chibi. See, now I'm. I'm never going to call it the right thing. It's Sailor, Sailor Chibi, Chibi business. It's business. just like Sailor Chibi Moon. Ugh. I don't. I don't know what the problem is that you have with that title, Jordan. The problem is with Sailor Chibi Moon, who you apparently love. Uh, yeah, dude, I actually do. Uh, and she rules and is great. <laughs> oh God, you're gonna buy the the action figure of her, aren't you? I might. I mean, I won't now for reasons that will come apparent later in the show. Oh, oh yeah. Do, 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 but uh, well, everybody, welcome wedding. to Sailor Chibi Business. If you're not familiar, if this is the first time you've listened, uh, Sailor Chibi Business is a sort of bonus episode uh, that exists outside the main timeline where Jordan and I, and, and maybe someday we'll have some guests on to do this as well, talk about various subjects related to Sailor Moon. Uh, that aren't necessarily uh, in the episodes. And uh, it is a Patreon-supported uh, bonus episode. We we do these as long as we keep our Patreon above a certain level, which we are. Uh, you can find out that at patreon.com slash sailorbusiness, as well as uh, help us get to Xena Warrior Business uh, mini-episodes, which I don't know what we're going to call, because <laughs> there is no chibi Xena. I guess there's Gabby. We'll call them Gabby apps. Oh, because you're all going to be gabbing about it. Yeah, see, that's good. It works on multiple levels. Uh, yeah, I like it. I'm really just I, the two. The we two should levels. apologize that we didn't uh, do a cheap episode last month, but we're going to do two this month to make up for it. Yeah, uh, that's on me. Uh, it is not on Jordan or Jake. Uh, just so everybody knows, I had a wild uh, march, which started with uh, me having conventions literally every weekend. Um, we usually record stuff on the weekends. And then ended with me getting laid off from my day job. So patreon.com slash sailor business if you want to uh, support the show. Uh, but this is our uh, second Chibi episode. And today I thought it would be fun for us to talk about uh, shows that have been influenced by Sailor Moon. And we've got a couple. I think I've got a couple that I want to talk about. Jordan, you've definitely got one you want to talk about, as well as the the big reveal of a, a project that you have hinted at before, but we've never actually really discussed. Yeah. So, uh, well, why don't uh, we... So, 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 we so that, in other words, yeah, most of this episode is going to be you telling me about shows that I've never heard of or seen. <laughs> you've heard of one of them. And, and, and I again, I, I want to put this out there. This is a topic that we could do again and again. Like, there are okay. tons of shows out there. And we, we actually asked listeners to get in touch with uh, shows that they wanted to, to talk about that were influenced by Sailor Moon. And I, I think we'll read some of those emails and tweets later on in the episode. Uh, but for right now, there's a big one that I want to talk about. And it's one that we've talked about on the on the regular show before that Jordan refuses just absolutely no. refuses to watch. No, I watched a bunch of episodes. Yeah, yeah you watched like four. You watched like oh. four episodes and you were like, well I'll, done. I'll look it up again. I'll look it up again to tell you how many episodes I've watched. Because uh, it was more than four. It was like 20 mm. something. Mm. Let's see. Mm, okay. Tell them what show it is while, while I look. It's Steven Universe, uh, created by Rebecca Sugar. Uh, you, I am sure, are familiar with it if you're everyone but Jordan, because uh, it's one of the biggest and best things going today. Uh, and it's a great show, and it's one that I think has a huge, huge Sailor Moon influence, although not in the very surface way that I think you get from a lot of things. Like, you know, obviously the entire sort of magical girl genre is influenced by Sailor Moon in one way or another. It's, you know, like I've talked before about how every superhero is a reaction to or a reflection of or a reaction to a reaction to, you know, Superman or Batman. And Batman is arguably like a reaction to Superman. And I think the same thing holds true across the magical girl genre with uh, 
Neko Takeuchi and Sailor Moon in that it, it might not be the the story that invented the genre, but it's certainly like the one, right? Like it's it's the big one. Uh, but Steven Universe goes beyond just like, you know, team of transforming uh, Senshi and deals with a lot of, I think, really cool metaphorical stuff that's influenced by Sailor Moon. And, you know, there obviously are lots of visual references. Um, I think Steven even has like a, uh, it, it's it's either Sailor Moon Volume 1 or it's codenamed Sailor V, like on his nightstand. Like if you watch the episodes, you can see that he has the, the tank of on there in the i think it's rose's fountain uh there's a a sequence that is like shot for shot uh lifted from sailor moon but it's with uh steven instead of with with usagi uh but i think what really like and jordan this is where we need to find out how far you actually got okay into i've Universe. watched at least i know i've watched this far and then i can't tell the next episode if i've seen it or not at least okay. 31 episodes of the show you say I refuse to watch. Yeah, but they're short episodes. They so are short. Really, like, that's barely anything. It's TV 31 QH. episodes. Mm. Uh, the last episode I know for sure I saw was 31, which is Keep Beach City Weird. I know I okay, saw Okay, that, that is one. pretty far into the show. I will, be, I will be fair to you. That is pretty far into the show. After that is one called Fusion Cuisine, and I'm, I can't tell if i've seen it or not from the description okay. here so as someone who came to the show more or less through uh the recommendations of people on this podcast and as someone who you know you've watched all of sailor moon start to finish what three times no all the way through only once um and then parts of it a zillion times uh and this is going to be my second time all the way through it is watching for this show i've only ever seen the last episode one time and in fact, uh, the really? Season. Okay. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So you were going to ask something, I think. You were building yeah. up to a question. <laughs> so did you notice, like, a lot of Sailor Moon influence? Like, like oh. did you, did that come yeah. through for you? Well, I mean, it's definitely based on, and I don't mean based on Sailor Moon in a ripoff way, but in a inspired by kind of way. Like, definitely. I mean, now, to be fair, you guys described it that way to me, so that definitely influenced the way I watched it, but... Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear. It's like this is the this is the magical girl team, and this is Usagi's kid having to kind of <laughs> sort of take her place. I th I think there's a little bit of that. In, I mean, I think there's a lot of that in it, to be honest. But what really gets me thematically is the episodes that kind of deal with the idea of Steven as being a reincarnation of Rose. Because uh, that's something that's established like very early on. Like it's in one of the first episodes where they talk about uh, Rose dying and and to, in order to bring Steven into the world. So it's a very recent thing for them. Like in that you know Pearl and Garnet and Amethyst and Greg are all people who knew Rose and cared about Rose and and for at least half of them were in love with Rose. But I feel like the Episodes that really deal with that are thematically really similar to episodes of Usagi having to deal with the idea of being the reincarnation of a sailor or of, of a, a Princess Serenity. See, that's interesting because I haven't I haven't gotten to too too much about like him actually dealing with anything about that. But that's interesting because in Sailor Moon, well, it's I mean, in many ways, it's glossed over in the sense that you're they they just encourage the viewer to just think of them as the same person you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah she was in the silver millennium she looked the same yeah she talked a little different but don't worry about it she's the same person she's in love with the same person it's the same well i think you i, I think maybe this is something that doesn't come up as often in in sailor moon but i think it's an interesting piece of it like it, it's the interesting piece of that we've talked about with Usagi, like wanting to be a regular girl and mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the post season one finale stuff where Luna's like, I don't want to tell her that she's, that she's sailor, that she's sailor moon, that she's princess serenity because she's, she's earned her chance to live a normal life. I think you get that in a much different way with Steven 
where once like once the crystal gem stuff really starts happening and you find out more about rose and and more about like how the the homeworld gems sort of view steven uh as this you know weird you know some of them view him as a weird abomination some of them view him as rose like because they only identify him by the gem like i think you get into some interesting stuff with that where in the way that like usagi is simultaneously usagi Sukino, 14 years old cancer and blood type o uh you also get you know usagi is the reincarnated moon princess and maybe also her own mom because there's a lot of similarities between old queen serenity she can't be her own mom i don't think well like because that's the question it's the question of how much of the sailor moon identity like we talked about it being kind of like the avatar state right like how much of the sailor moon identity is handed down i didn't watch that either You really, look, again, we'll do a whole mini episode on shit Jordan needs to watch. I don't watch a lot of cartoons. You literally do a podcast about a cartoon. Yeah, the most important one. I mean, look, I agree. I agree. Uh, But anyway, I think think, uh, what Rebecca Sugar has done with sort of the mythology of, of... steven universe is take that essential question of usagi and princess serenity and queen serenity and neo queen serenity and chibiusa and kind of made it a a focus like like it's it's not like directly influenced so much as it feels like a reaction to having that question be out there and maybe not you know ever really getting into it in the way that steven universe does uh, so Jordan, do you want to do you want to take a turn now and, and talk about about your uh your your first entry on shows that were influenced by Sailor well, Moon? I mean, again, we've talked about it a zillion times, but uh, I mean, I I definitely think Buffy is so Sailor Moon. And, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's never again for me. It's never been a hundred percent confirmed that Joss Whedon knew about Sailor Moon. It could just be a series of a million coincidences, and realistically, that's not crazy. I mean. You know, good stories share a lot of the same things, you know, a lot of the same traits without one influencing the other all the time. So it could be that in making a great show about a teenage high school superhero, well, she's Silverman's not in high school, but you know what I mean? Both shows did a lot of the same stuff. But I don't know. Again, there's a lot of coincidences. I mean, so we've talked about them before. Um, You've got the teen girl who is the most important person in the universe and like has all these special powers who like puts together a crew of friends who she gains as they go. Now, obviously Xander doesn't necessarily get superpowers the way that all of uh, Sailor Moon's friends do. Well, he's the tuxedo mask. No angels tuxedo mask. Clearly. Mm, okay. I will give you that one. Yeah. Come I, on. I have to give you that one. <laughs> that, that boring but that's the thing. Angel is Tuxedo Mask. Usagi is Buffy. I mean, Giles is so Luna. Like Giles is very Luna, down to the accent. <laughs> right? Um, and then, and then you know, again, the way that the friend group comes together is a little different. But that being said, by the end of Buffy, they're clearly, they, I mean, they constantly are calling themselves the Scooby Gang because they are a team of heroes. You have a the 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 young girl who appears out of nowhere partway through the show, who is, you know, Phoebe in Buffy and uh, Dawn in no sorry Dawn and Buffy Chibi in Sailor Moon. I was uh, I gave you a minute. <laughs> yep, I got confused. Uh, I call Dawn Chibi all the time. It's just a thing. Do you hate right. Dawn? Uh, I, I know didn't... a lot of people hate her. I didn't hate her. I didn't hate her, but. Uh, Dawn's like a good idea, I think. <laughs> and, and and look, like I think Michelle Trachtenberg is actually like a really good and and kind of underrated actress too. Like I was the first time I watched Buffy, I was like, oh, it's the girl from Pete and Pete. Oh, I never watched. Uh, that. Oh. oh, you gotta watch Pete and Pete, dude. It's That's just so, so funny. Much good shit. We come from like such weird, completely different bases of of TV shows. Apparently, you and well, I. Well, you're you're a little older than me. Though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So you're, you're what? How old are you? Uh, right now, I am 37. Ugh. 
You're you're what? Thirty seven. That's not that much older. I'm turning thirty five this year. Oh, that's not much at all. Yeah. So you're like just a little bit older than me. What were you doing into Power Rangers at that time, my friend? <laughs> I was eleven. <laughs> Apparently, I was there going Power Rangers. Get out of here. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> like you were wrong about that shit. By the way. <laughs> I was, I mean, again, which is, yeah, which is to say, uh, I was also very old for Sailor Moon. I started watching Sailor Moon when I was a junior in high school, whereas most of the people we have on the show are like, I was 10 and I was 12 and I saw it for the first time. I'm like, yeah, I was 16, I guess probably 15. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Buffy. So again, I, I would like to think that Joss Whedon was doing it knowingly, but I don't know that for a fact. I don't know. Like, it seems like the weird thing about Buffy is that it's actually contemporary with Sailor Moon in a weird way. Oh, because yeah. the movie, the Christy Swanson movie, comes out in 1992, which oh. is when Sailor Moon made its debut in Japan. Uh, but Buffy, as it would, like, the far more important form of Buffy exists in a very post-Sailor Moon media landscape. Well, it's post in... America, I mean, which is to say, I'm sorry, it's post in that it aired in Japan, but had it aired in America yet? It hadn't, right? Well, yeah, no. Um, Sailor Moon starts airing in America in 95. Uh, Buffy starts in, what, 97? Okay, so then, yeah, it had. All right, so then yeah. it's totally reasonable that he could have. Which also makes it like a weird like kind of post-Xena uh, show, too, if you want to tie it into to Xena Warrior business. Wait, Xena um, existed before Buffy? Yeah, dude, Xena's 95, too. Holy crap, dude. That's mind-blowing to me. What's what's weird about Xena is that it, it, like, I so strongly identify it with the 90s that the fact that it made it, like, that it didn't end until 2001 always boggles the mind, (laughs) for me, at least. Wow. No, that's really, that's really... Okay, so, hang on. So, I want to talk about, for half a second, Tuxedo Mask is Angel. Mm-hmm. So now I want to see the Tuxedo Mask spinoff like Angel, where, <laughs> where Tuxedo Mask has like a detective agency and his own crew. Uh, I mean, if it'll get him out of the show, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so sad. All right. Uh, so you got another one? What else you got? I actually do have another one, and it's one that I've been watching recently, and, and I, I think it's going to be the the last actual show that we talk about. Uh, in depth and that is miraculous uh, tales of ladybug and cat noir and jordan i like this is a show that i've been curious about because i knew that it existed for a while but it just recently popped up on netflix mm-hmm. and i really think you should give it a shot this is the french one right this is the one that is a co-production it's it's french but it's a co-production b- between a french animation studio and toei oh. uh who you will know as the the company behind Sailor Moon and yeah. and Power Rangers, oh. uh, and it is essentially uh, Toei wanting to expand their sort of European footprint. Uh, so they they got together and did this show with a French animation studio, and it is the it is the in the way that Batman Beyond was. What if Batman was Spider Man? Uh, Miraculous is what if Sailor Moon was Spider-Man. Okay. And it's really fun. Uh, I kind of mainlined it. Uh, Basically, the story is that uh, there is a girl. Her name is Marinette. uh, And she gets a sort of legendarily mystical artifact. And you see, uh, if you, you actually get the origin story in the last two episodes. And I would highly recommend just like jumping ahead and watching those first, because that's what I did. Because uh, the, the show itself just kind of starts in, in media race, which would be fine if there wasn't like an origin episode that happened later. Uh, but go ahead and watch that one if you're if you're going to start. You strange. see the what's that? That is strange. It's really weird. And it's like I went and looked at the the like air, like the the air dates 
And the air dates in Japan or, or the air dates in in France are different than the air dates in America, but neither one starts with what is clearly the first episode. Because like, there's not like there's, there's not a framing sequence or anything where Marinette's going like, hey, hey, uh, Adrian, remember when we got our powers? That was wild. That's what I was going like, to ask. That just the exactly first episode. That's so weird then. That's so weird. How strange. Yeah. But it's good. I mean, I you know, I like you know, I like Spider-Man. So, you're, you're... yeah, well, it's it's Marinette and she kind of stumbles across the like it's a pair of earrings Uh and they are the miraculous. Like the the miraculous are these items of mystical power. So she's got one, and then Cat Noir has one. Uh, but you see in the opening that hers is like handed down through generations. And like I had to pause it and look it up. And and Aiden and I were like hollering at the TV because there is a scene where you see the miraculous in the past, and it's on fucking Saint George as he slays the dragon. But then that is revealed to be like in the continuity of the show, it's it's very obviously a picture of Saint George slaying the dragon. Dragon, but it's meant to be Joan of Arc. So Joan of Arc what? used to be Spider-Man. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, so she also gets uh, a little spirit who's a little ladybug spirit named Tiki, uh, who is her Luna, uh, although much less Luna-like than, say, a Giles. Uh, and she is sort of tasked with uh, saving Paris from... A guy who his name is Hawk Moth, and he is one hundred percent like uh, nephrite. He oh. is like he he has like he's the secret guy who only ever appears in this cave like like this observatory full of butterflies that he sends out to people who like he he possesses the butterflies with an Akuma, uh, and then sends the Akuma out to. Uh, possess the people into whatever is stressing them out so uh like there's like a, a a girl who's in a contest to become like a weather girl and so he I, I think he makes her stormy weather is her name and she's got like this big umbrella so all like it's very sailor moon but the sort of spider-maniness of it in addition to the you know she she literally swings around the city on like a like a grappling hook that's shaped like a ladybug uh the spider maniness of it comes from the fact that her partner is Cat Noir, and he's the cute boy at school, and Marinette is in love, like, has a crush on Adrian. Adrian, uh, as Cat Noir, has a crush on Ladybug. Ladybug is not interested in Cat Noir. Cat Noir is not interested in Marinette. <laughs> what? Yeah. So it's a really cool little. It's a, it's a Superman Lois Lane uh, love triangle where both people are Superman. It's so like when she's when she's Ladybug, she's like all business with uh, with the cute boy. And I also think the thing that really reinforces the Spider Maniness of it is that he is he's a hundred percent like a a boy version of Black Cat. Like he even has like a little bell on a collar. <laughs> uh, but they have the very Sailor Moonish transformation sequences. The episodes are very Sailor Moon Monster of the Week. There's the kind of overarching plot of of Hawk Moth trying to get the miraculous. It's really really fun. And if you like Sailor Moon and want to see like a modern sort of uh, semi Westernish take uh, that's still really good and still really kind of gets the genre, then I would say absolutely uh, check out uh, Ladybug and Cat Noir: The Miraculous. Yeah, we actually just got uh, two tweets from Stephanie Moore uh, saying very similar things, saying, uh, I've been watching Miraculous with my husband, and it's A, adorable, and B, so ins inspired by Sailor Moon. And then just as you described, there's a fantastic love square between the two heroes and their civilian identities, and the villains of the week are fab. Yeah, the villains of the week are really, really great. So that is absolutely the case, and uh, everybody should uh, should check it out. Again, it's on Netflix, and there's a Christmas special that's really fun. Favorite. Uh, so if you're like me and you're the kind of person who watches Christmas specials in March and April, then yes, <laughs> uh, get on it. Now uh, we have a very special segment of the show, uh, oh. and I think this is going to be this is going to be the last thing that we do before we get to tweets and emails and such. Uh, Jordan, oh, you have talked before. And you said you would go into detail on this podcast. Sure. Sure. Uh, for people who might not know, what is what is your day job? Um, I am an editor at Marvel Comics. Okay. 
And so I work on, uh, I, I mean, I've been working there for, gosh, it's actually almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years in uh, September. And uh, twice in my uh, career there, I have almost gotten a Magical Girl comic book produced. Uh, it's twice, and I should say twice, but with three three comics, because the second time it was two different comics. Um, the first time was with uh, working with writer Paul Tobin, who is delightful, uh, who I worked with on one of my favorite books I ever did, The Age of the Century, a book that brought us uh, in contact, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember Love. that one. I My first ever uh, pull quote was yep. on that book. It was very dramatic. And, it, and you can never take it back, so... Good. Oh no, I still stand by it. The great comic. So Paul Tobin and I. Uh, now, now this one, uh, it was going to be. Uh, I I can't remember the title of it, um, but it was mostly going to be new characters. The Magical Girls were going to be new characters, but they were going to be connected to uh, Clea in in kind of a Captain Planet way, <laughs> where when they came together, they literally came together to form Clea. And Clea would be there, the big magical form. Um, I don't remember as many of the details of that one uh, because, well, partially because it was mostly new ideas. It was going to be, like I said, all these, I think three girls, they were all new, maybe shadow girls. Maybe was, that was what he called it. Um, Paul could tell you more about that one. The second time I remember a lot more of the details about, because it was way more recently and it was more, more marvelly stuff. It was during Secret Wars. Secret Wars was an event we did about what was it? Is that two years ago now? A year and a half ago, something like that. Uh, it was twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Summer twenty fifteen was Secret Wars. So during that, all the regular Marvel comics went away, and we did all these mini series that were all like from different realities. You know, so that's when when Chris did the first uh, X-Men 92. So the concept being it's, it's a universe where that nineties X-Men is, is still that the case. And so I, I pitched with writer, Christina strain, who is now writing for the magicians, which is a wonderful show. If you, if you uh, haven't seen it that she works on, but she and I uh, first pitched a magical girl, Scarlet, Witch comic. And what it was going to be was Scarlet, Witch was the magical girl. And, uh, she was going to have a talking cat named Tigra and uh, an annoying brother who uh, coincidentally also gets magical superpowers uh, at the same time. And a computer called the vision that that could talk and like do it. like basically we we're going to bring in all these Avengersy things and make them super magical girly. Now, for a variety of reasons, they said to us, OK, we think that's a fun idea, but we don't want you to use Scarlet Witch. And it had to do with a bunch of a bunch of stuff but can you come up with a different take on it and we went okay we can and so christina and i talked about it and then we were going to pitch uh magical guardian star lady which would have been basically the similar kind of thing but with all the guardians of the galaxy characters so star lady would be the magical girl and there would be uh, a, a ra- talking raccoon obviously and oh my god that's fucking perfect <laughs> like it was gonna be so much because fun because such a ray <laughs> <laughs> but both of those i think all three of those books i was and see this is the thing all three of them were things that editorially we we, we thought were a lot of fun but we just when it when it got to the point of like uh, uh getting past that the edit- editors to like the you know marketing and sales and all these different things people didn't believe that the sales would have been there and listen for at least i'm not I'm not sold on secret wars one i kind of feel like we could have done something there but i do understand that you know 6 years ago or whatever 7 years ago when it, when we would have been pitching the one with paul tobin sailor moon like wasn't a thing anymore i was tweeting about sailor moon most people were not thinking about Sailor Moon at the time. Uh, magical girls were not as popular as they now are. So I can't say they were wrong. I can't say that it would have necessarily sold. Were magical girls not popular or was, was the perception not there? The perception wasn't there. They weren't part of the, the cultural conversation at the time. Okay. So maybe you're right. I could have been a leader, um, but unfortunately it 
it fell through. I, I do really, I mean, I am the Guardian's editor now, so you never know. Maybe I'll find a way to do Magical Guardian Star Lady at some point. Um, yeah, maybe, I, <laughs> maybe you know, maybe you know a couple, maybe you know a writer that's unemployed right now, my dude. Well, I do, but I, sh- I would probably go back to Christina again. Yeah, you probably should. <laughs> that should probably be, like, look, legit, a lady should write that. <laughs> Um, you know, Chris, there is one other thing I can mention, and and listen, I won't be offended if you say no. But okay, did you ever get around to listening to another show influenced by Sailor Moon, uh, Science no. Girl Cinnamon? No, I didn't. <laughs> um, Look, I've I've had a I've had a long month. No, listen, I so I said I wouldn't take any offense. I. So I used to do these radio shows. And so at one point, uh, a couple of years ago, I was like, I'm going to go back to doing radio shows. And I, I, I did a lot of work on it, but doing radio shows is a lot, a lot, a lot of work. I actually gathered together a writing team of me and four other writers. And we wrote, I think we wrote like 11 and a half episodes out of the like 13 episodes that we planned for the first season. And we fully recorded the first episode and I mostly produced it. Um, the concept was, it's about a girl named, uh, Cynthia Simmons, who goes to this, um, private school in Connecticut. And, uh, it's, the idea was for it to be a magical girl story, but to replace all the magic with ridiculous science instead of, so that's why it's called science girl cinnamon. So, um, but it has, still that has so fucking Jordan white. Of course it is. Of course it is. That this I is a very, barely stand it. Wait, you should listen to it. So, so like, because it still has Episode all of one, the crystals aren't real, right? It still has all of the magical girl stuff. So what happens is this talking monkey attacks her, uh, and injects her with nanites. Uh, the talking monkey is a robot, obviously the nanites, uh, the, are, uh, are voice activated. So she has to yell out strange combinations of words that she wouldn't say in normal conversation, obviously. That's why she has to pick those specific ones. And then they, uh, they, you know, they expend a huge amount of energy and power rebuilding her into this superhero, which is why there's lots of sound and light associated with her transformation. And she has a destiny, a, 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 a destiny to become this superhero. And the reason she has this destiny is because the robot has been sent back in time by her future self to give her the powers. So it's time travel rather than like, fate jordan can i can i <laughs> you're gonna be mad at me when i say this please you made chibi yusa no i know no listen i didn't make chibi yusa in that because it's a it's a it's a obnoxious talking monkey that comes back in time to her but the the concept of the show is actually all about uh how it was kind of inspired by the fact that you ever have um you ever think about the really dumb terrible things that happened to you when you were young that that like you wish hadn't happened like um you know like bad decisions that you made and things like that uh yeah dude yeah. i think about that constantly but at the same time they're kind of vital to you being who you are and how you got to where you are and what your life is. So that's kind of the, the, the central thing of this show. So like the first episode is she gets these powers and all this stuff's happening. And this mysterious new boy shows up at the school. Um, spoilers. He's going to also have powers and be a, a, another super person. Um, so she, he shows up at the school, they start flirting and the, and the monkey is talking to her about her destiny and all these things that are going to happen to her. And he's like, Oh, by the way, speaking of destiny, I saw that you met the uh, the guy. Uh, I thought, saw that you met Dash, and she's like, "Oh my God, is he, he's my soulmate? Like, what are you talking about?" And he's like, "Well, you know, yeah." So then she like throws herself at him, and like they 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 sleep together, and they fight monsters together, and they win. And then afterwards, he is a total fucking asshole to her, and is like, "That was awesome, but I'm on to the next girl because you know that's just how it is for me. Like, it's awesome, thanks." And she's like, "Monkey, you told me." That he was my soulmate. And he was like, yeah, I lied. And she was like, why? And he was like, because that's what, that's what happened. You, you were supposed to sleep with him. Like, you know, sometimes bad things happen. <laughs> and it's terrible. And it's wonderful. 
That's 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 grim, buddy. You should that you should grim. listen to it. You should listen to it. It's good. Uh, so I think that does it for uh, what we've got to say on the subject. But uh, I did put out the call uh, a few weeks ago, actually, uh, for shows that our our listeners would want to talk about. And uh, we got a really great email from uh, Christina Bryan uh, that says, Hey, I just heard that you guys are looking for shows influenced by Sailor Moon to talk about. I'm sure I won't be the only person to suggest this, but I highly recommend Puella Magimatica. Magica. Puella Magimatica Magica. Is that how you say it? Madoka? Oh, I don't know. I've heard. Oh, that's been recommended to me so many times. A million Um, times. It's literally been described to me in the way that will most likely make me watch it, except that unfortunately I still haven't as the watchman of magical girl stories. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I want to see that. Um, it's supposed to be great. And I haven't seen it. Uh, Christine says, uh, it's a really interesting deconstruction of the magical girl genre. That's a total mindfuck and a gut punch all at once in the best way possible. It's all on Netflix. And the only, the series is only 12 episodes so you could totally binge it all in one go if you wanted to i know this from experience there are also three movies but i haven't seen them so i can't speak to how they compare to the show uh she goes on to say revolutionary girl lutena which we have of course talked about at length and lesbian bear storm which i am super into which is apparently on crunchyroll uh are both great as is penguin drum Utena probably has the closest parallels with Sailor Moon S, at least in terms of general themes and imagery. The plots don't really have anything in common. But if you enjoy getting to see Ikuhara's weirdness unleashed in all its glory, then I definitely suggest checking out all three. Finally, this is only tangentially related, but if you like the episode back in the first season where they go to an animation studio, you might enjoy Shiro Bako, an anime about working in an animation studio. As an animator myself, I both really enjoy it, and I have to take it in small doses because it kind of stresses me out. Uh... And uh, Christy also says, one last thing, if you haven't checked any of it out yet, I think you, Chris, specifically, will enjoy the live-action Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, and we'll need to come up with a hashtag name for Ami Usagi, because that is the true tragedy of the Silver Millennium in that show. Uh, And that is actually something I've heard before, um, and I am fully planning, assuming that Jordan and I still like each other after, uh, after 200 episodes of this show... Uh, I am fully planning to uh, to do uh, Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon on Sailor Business. I guess my dreams of Slayer Business will, will just go unfulfilled. Yeah, look, you t- tell me what level to set the Patreon at, my dude. <laughs> I got nothing but time. Oh, you have, I think you have more uh, emails, right? Or no? Uh, that's the only one I have on this, but I think we mostly got a lot of tweets about it. Yeah, uh, we did, but I don't know where they are. <laughs> I have some. They're of probably them. on Twitter.com. Have you yeah. checked Twitter.com? I did, but we get a lot of tweets, and I didn't necessarily bookmark this section. But I do know where we have some of them, so I have a couple of them right here. Um, we definitely people uh, said to us. Uh, here's one actually, where uh, uh, Kefka Floyd says uh, that we should talk about Star versus the Forces of Evil. Um, uh okay uh star versus the forces of evil i don't think is super influenced by sailor moon uh it i mean it's you know she has a a a, a wand that looks an awful lot like the 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 moon what what is it what is the one she she has now cutie moon rod is it the cutie moon rod uh her, her magic wand does look a lot like that uh but she's not really a magical girl in the same way that sailor moon is like there's no transformation she's just she's princess star 24 7 um although someone says her mother's name is moon her mother's name is moon her name is star and her mother's name is moon uh which i think is is i think it's a a reference and someone else's name is this what's that someone else in the show's name is mina is it it seems there might be a mina maybe it's got more references than i thought but don't don't let the fact that it's not a lot like sailor moon dissuade you from watching it because i just marathoned uh season two when it went up on hulu with aiden and season one of star versus the forces of evil is i like really kind of episodic in that sort of you know fun goofy cartoon sort of way uh season two gets on that adventure time shit 
and that <laughs> Steven Universe shit. Se- season two gets fucking raw, dude. Like, it suddenly has a lot of continuity and, like, villains and, like, really kind of heartbreaking stuff and a lot of danger. Like, d- like legit, Jordan, I you can knock it out in an afternoon because, again, they're, like, really short, short episodes. But catch up on Star vs. the Force of Evil because it's really awesome. Okay. Uh, I mean, okay, I'll consider it. <laughs> I mean, you won't. You're not going to watch it. Whatever. You never know. Uh, Lin- Lindsay Hornsby says, uh, oh man, Sailor Business, there's a lot of Sailor Moon influence in My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Season o- opening slash closing episodes specifically. I will confess, when that became a thing, I went, all right, I like Sailor Moon. Let's see if I like My Little Pony. And I watched the first episode and I went, yeah, I don't think I'm going to watch this. I mean, okay. Are you going to confess to liking it or not liking it? I can't tell. No, I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm You're good. not, you don't watch it. I mean, look, we have talked extensively. If you want to hear me talk about My Little Pony, Matt and I have gone real deep into the Equestria Girls franchise oh, on War Rocket oh. or on Movie Fighters. So, like, I have covered, I have covered it elsewhere, uh, and those are some of our best episodes. If you listen to, th- th- there's four of those movies, and we've done each a show on each of them, and you can hear us like be confused, and then kind of like by the fourth one, we're kind of coming around on it. But yeah, um, we got some more uh, from uh, Zane. Zane says, if you're looking for Japanese shows influenced by Sailor Moon. There's Cutie Honey Flash, a.k.a. the Eki Turned Kids Show. Um, you ever see Cutie Honey Flash? I don't think I've seen that one. I've seen Cutie Honey, but I don't think I've seen Flash. I've seen the original Cutie Honey anime, and then I've seen uh, the movie, which is the live action movie, which oh. is actually super dope. I, I've seen part of that, and I was like, holy crap, that's amazing. I want to see the rest of it, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. We actually did a movie fighters on that one too. Like the cutie honey movie is like really fun. The cutie honey I've seen is the nineties one, which is like this weird, like semi post-apocalyptic cutie honey, which is like very strange. I don't know why they made that choice. Uh, If you don't know what cutie honey is, imagine uh, the parts where sailor moon transforms, except draw the boobs for real. (laughs) And, And she's just using the 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 transformation pen, actually. Yeah, it's just the disguise pen. Power. It's just yeah. the disguise pen. So she'll like, I'm gonna be a painter, and then she'll have painting abilities. <laughs> I'm gonna be a runner, and then she'll be able to run really well. And you see her breasts. Yeah, then she gets <laughs> naked very frequently, which doesn't actually happen, uh, to my recollection, in the live action one. Uh, but the live action one's actually really fun. Um, Zane continues, as for Western shows, there's Winx Club and W-I-T-C-H. Never heard of any of those. Uh, which I believe the animator on uh, one of those is the animator who was eventually going to be responsible for Miraculous. So, Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, he continues again, arguably all magical girl shows featuring a tokusatsu-styled team are influenced by Sailor Moon. But Wedding Peach deserves a special mention for being among the first that were actually successful. Um, not familiar with Wedding Peach either. How about you? I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. So, so again, like I said, we could we could do these episodes. We could do episodes on the subject for a long time, probably. But but we should probably actually I should probably actually watch some of them before we do another one. Yes, probably. So uh, also, I would like to give a special shout out to uh, Cardcaptor Sakura, or Cardcaptor Sakura, maybe is how you're supposed to say that, uh, which is very uh, much in the same kind of, like, if, if you watch Sailor Moon and then you got into uh, it, it, your kids' WB shows when they were showing uh, Superman and Batman, then that is, uh, but that was that was what you would watch, and it has some really great elements and really cool designs. Oh, also, I, I didn't mention, we talked about Cutie Honey, and I forgot to mention that it has, like, the best theme song ever. The Cutie oh, Honey theme song. Honey Ooh. Flash? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I have. Flash is really good. I have like multiple versions of that song that I have bought because it is amazing. Na, 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 honey. Yeah, it's na, so good. Na, 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 na. Onagai, onagai. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I think, like, I think we can actually come away from, if nothing else in this episode, with a qualified but emphatic uh, recommendation for uh, Cutie Honey, weirdly enough. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a, listen, it's a weird show, uh, the versions I've seen. But yeah, check it out, especially the theme song. <laughs> all right, is that all the tweets we have, Jordan? That uh, uh, we got a couple just now. Uh, let's see, uh, a couple more from Stephanie Moore saying, uh, "There is the delightful, cute, high Earth Defense Club love, the self-aware gender swap, uh, which uh, I've heard of, but I, and I've never seen that one with Magical Boys." Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you're, we're going to talk about Magical Boys, then we got to talk about Ronan Warriors, my dude. I not familiar. Ah, uh, Ronan. Okay. Ronan Warriors used to come on in the mornings on the Sci-Fi channel. Uh, so I would watch it before high school. Uh, like, I would watch it, I would put it on while I was getting ready. And uh, I know that uh, Shannon Maynard, uh, Sailor Business All-Star, is a big fan of Ronan Warriors as well. Um, it was, oh, yeah. I, I think it's Legendary Armor Samurai Troopers uh, is the Japanese title. And it's, like, very much, like exactly like if 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 sailor moon was like a happy meal toy it would be the one for girls and ronin warriors would be the one for boys like it's like again i feel like you know classifying media as in those ways is not like the best thing you can do but i feel like the the performative masculinity of ronin warriors is on the level of the performative femininity of sailor moon right but that's why that's not what what she meant by gender swap because click the link i just sent you if you didn't haven't seen this oh, before okay like they're talking Let's about see. boy senshi basically wait yeah you you just sent me a link to a bunch of ronin warrior stuff jordan oh, did i yeah Hold on. that's ronin warriors you're looking at no 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 i i did but that's not I looked at that and then I typed in this other thing and that's what I'm trying to copy. To okay. You. Well, show, show me this other thing. Yes. Cause Ronin warriors, like you're saying is very much like warriors. <laughs> Ronin <Yeah>. style. <laughs> that's, that's right. They are Ronin style warriors. Click on okay, this. Okay. So what am I, what am I looking at here? <laughs> I mean, I, again, I've never seen it, but it appears to be like boys, senshi style heroes you see with giant bows and yeah that is and they have like sailor moon's brooch yeah yeah that is very that is very i that is kind of delightful it's not a show i'm familiar with let me let's let's look it up on wikipedia wikipedia has to say about it is uh the story focuses on the life of five ordinary boys each of them possessing an extraordinary nature-based power given to them by a mysterious creature from outer space the group, calling themselves the Earth Defense Club, must stop the enemy's intent on conquering Earth, known as the Earth Conquest Club. <laughs> they have a club to conquer the Earth, you know, and so these other people form a club to defend it. That's nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, so- it sounds really fun. I'm, you know, I wonder if that's on anything right now. It looks like it is also on Crunchyroll. Uh, can we also talk about how the Cutie Honey song has the line, I'm going to change in English, which is a really, really great pun. <laughs> Wait, does it? When does it say that? Yeah. After, I need you, I need you, and then I'm going to change. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, yeah, she's going to go, like, change her clothes. But no, she's going to go change her identity. Honey. Can you tell it's after 11 and I'm a little sleepy? Are you? I'm a little bit sleepy. All right. Well, then why don't we call it a night? Let's do that. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody for for reaching out and giving us some good recommendations. Uh, hopefully you found this discussion uh, enjoyable and fun. Uh, if you did, let us know. And if you have suggestions on topics we can tackle for future Chibi episodes, and again, we will be doing a second one uh, this month, so watch out for that. Maybe as soon as next week. We'll, we'll see right, what happens. Here's what I think we should do. Okay. Let's decide what we're going to do the next one on right now, on the air. Um... Okay. 
so we can prepare for it and we'll, everybody is teased. I I mean, do you have a topic in mind? Well, no, but uh, I mean, the easiest thing to do is the thing we've been promising slash threatening to do, which is start reading the manga. That's like homework. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. I mean, like, I feel like I feel like manga business could could be a good one. The question is, do we want to do we want to like start from volume one? Because because both of us have it. And I've read oh, yeah. volume one. Or do we want to start? You know, okay, here's what we're going to do, Jordan. Yep. Next Chibi episode mm-hmm. is about Codename Sailor V volume one. Because that's something we never get to talk about on the show. And since we, it has been requested that we let meet like all the Mina fans oh, have yeah. their say, then why don't we talk about the best version of Minako? Oh, okay. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, because look, I love Codename Sailor V. It's so good. I'll dig that puppy back out and I will reread it. It's a great comic. It's super great. So we will be talking about, on our next Chibi episode, uh, we'll be talking about Codename Sailor V Volume 1. And then a little bit down the line, we'll do Volume 2. And then we'll get into the manga. So manga business is happening, everybody. If you have some comments on this, please let us know. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at Sailor Business. You can email the show. Uh, which goes to me at uh, sailorbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, these chibi episodes and our regular show are brought to you on Patreon. No, they're brought to you by Patreon. (laughs) Uh, And you can support us at patreon.com slash sailorbusiness. I do want to say, since I lost my day job, we have had a nice little uh, surge in in Patreon backers, and I do genuinely appreciate that. Uh, we're going to be talking about them when we record the next proper episode of the show, uh, which should be pretty soon. Uh, we'll be back on the regular schedule. Uh, I want to say, though, we are only about 75 bucks away from getting mini episodes for Xenobiz. Mm. And we've already picked out the subject of that one, uh, which is filthy. very adult. It, f- filthy is the word. Uh, so if you're interested in hearing Allison and I uh, do some of these uh, more miniature, more focused discussions. I mean, guys, uh, guys, guys, just think about how uncomfortable Chris is going to be. It's going to be great. I think this might actually be one where I am like, I'm prepared for it. Oh, and I think Allison is actually a little skeeved out. So you're going to hear like a role reversal. Oh my. All right. Well, let's hear it. Can't wait. Uh, so hit us up, uh, patreon.com slash sailor business. And you can also get other stuff. Uh, you can get the, the blooper reels that we've done. Uh, I think we're going to be doing maybe some, some more bonus content, uh, coming up for Patreon backers in the future. And, uh, we've got the enamel pin. Uh, the design is almost finalized and then I'll be, uh, getting them made up. Uh, and then we'll be sending them out to $15 backers. Uh, so please uh, check that out and consider giving us a little bit of your support. But yeah, that's that's it. That's all we got for this one. Uh, Jordan, any final thoughts on Media Influenced by Sailor Moon? We went almost an hour, by the way. Yeah, we did. Uh, hopefully we said some interesting things. Uh, I, I, fe- I, I feel bad that I knew so few of the things we talked about. So I'm sorry for that, uh, listeners. But hopefully we had uh, enough interesting stuff that, that you are satisfied. Have a great uh, day, night, week, <laughs> life, everybody. We'll be back next time uh, with a real episode. Until then, keep your mind on Sailor Chibi business. <laughs>